everyone, this is Allison Banbury and you are listening to The Midlife Muse. Welcome to episode 15. Any day now, I'm going to figure out what I'm doing and in what direction I want to take this podcast and then I can officially launch season two with some kind of actual focus and title season one, figuring this shit out. Do podcasts even have seasons? I think they do. I think they do. So last week was a big week in our home. My youngest son, who's a sophomore in high school, turned 16, my baby. And my oldest son committed to college for next year. And those of you who've been through the college application process You know that it's tedious and anxiety producing and confusing, but now we're officially on the other side of that. And I'm really grateful that my son has landed on a school that we're all excited about. I do have one lingering regret, however, and that has to do with the essays my son had to write for these applications. There was a general one that he used for the common application, and then several smaller ones, little supplementary questions and essays that he had to write for different applications to different schools. And I just have to tell y'all that anywhere it might have fit, I kept pushing hard with this essay idea that I thought was brilliant but which my son rejected over and over again. He's a rower, he rows crew, and I thought it would be super clever to write an essay comparing the different positions in an eight-seat boat to life, like the people we need in our lives, or different aspects of ourselves that are called upon if we need to, you know, win the race. And he rejected this idea, but I have not been able to let go of it. So today I'm going to steal it back. I'm going to rescind this idea and use it myself as the backdrop of today's podcast. So Hopefully, you'll learn a little bit about the sport of rowing and also get the chance to reflect on how this metaphor might apply to your own life. Okay, so the type of boat my son races has eight rowers. Four people on one side of the boat, which is called the port side, and four people on the other side of the boat, the starboard side. And these folks are layered one after the other, port, starboard, port, starboard, etc. And each rower has their own oar. Also in the boat, tucked in the back or stern, is the coxswain. So I'm going to give you a quick overview of these positions, and I think you're going to begin to see how the overall setup lends itself to this metaphor for life that I'm working to establish. So the first pair of rowers are referred to as the bow and second seat 
the first and second seat, but the first seat is often called the bow. And these two help balance the boat. As you can imagine, in this long, skinny boat that's barely wider than hip width with nine humans on board, balance is key. The bow team is also charged with communicating with the coxswain. Sometimes I'm going to use the abbreviated term cox for this position. The coxswain can't see boats coming up from behind, so the bow rowers you know, can communicate this to the coxswain. They're usually lighter in weight compared to the other rowers in the boat, and they're pretty skilled technically. The next group of rowers in positions three, four, five, and six are referred to as the engine room and are traditionally the strongest, heaviest rowers in the boat. Some other names for this section that I found in my research for today's podcast. Other, other names include fuel tank, which I love, powerhouse, great. And I also found the unfortunate term meat wagon. I'm not really sure what that's referring to. I'm not going to delve into it too deeply, but I did find that somewhere. So that's rowers one through six. The last two rowers are the stern pair. Their job is to establish a rhythm for the rest of the boat. The stroke seat or eight seat is usually the most technically sound, most competitive rower in the boat. And the coxswain doesn't carry an oar, but rather sits facing the rowers, kind of tucked up into the stern, and the cox steers the boat with a rudder and wears a little microphone and calls out the stroke pace for the rowers. And the cox is also responsible for race strategy and executing the coach's game plan and, of course, motivating the rowers. You know, when you watch these boats go by, the rowers are grunting and exerting themselves and the cox is hollering and yelling and encouraging. It's very fun to watch. So that's just a quick overview, but hopefully you're starting to see the picture. Um, One high school rowing's website described a crew team thusly. They said all three sections, the bow, the powerhouse, and the stern are all equally important. A good winning boat consists of athletes rowing together as a team under the direction of their coxswain. What a great metaphor for life, right? It would have been such a great college essay, but we're just going to enjoy it here. You can use this metaphor by like thinking about who or what in your life, in your boat, who fulfills these roles, kind of like the restoration team I talked about in episode seven, although the restoration team was more designed for times of trouble. Or you could think about this metaphor in terms of different aspects of yourself, like balance, strength, vision, these aspects that are needed as we proceed through life. And 
to help organize my thoughts, I'm going to borrow a coxswain command that's sort of like a check-in to make sure that each seat is ready to row. The command is countdown from the bow, and each seat from the bow to the stroke counts off to indicate their readiness to start. So that's how we're going to proceed as well. Okay, so counting down from the bow. If you remember from my brief description, the bow pair helps balance out the boat. And as we all know, life can be really unstable sometimes. Things can get out of balance. They can get out of balance in your relationships, like when you're too focused on work and you stop nurturing your relationships outside of work, or maybe you're in those early throes of love and you realize that you've been neglecting the other relationships in your life in favor of this love relationship. Your work life can get out of balance or throw the rest of your life out of balance if you're spending 50, 60, 70 hours a week at your profession and leaving little to no time for recreation. Or maybe as a young professional in your 20s, you were hanging on to that college party mentality and maybe not devoting enough time to your work life. Your health can get out of balance, right? Too little sleep, poor nutrition, not enough exercise. You know, these deficits can leave you with too little fuel for the things you need and want to get done. Our lives can get out of balance financially. Maybe we're spending too much money on things that are not necessities and it's creating some stress and anxiety for us. Or sometimes folks get too focused on saving and don't spend enough money on the kind of treats and extras that can raise our spirits. And that doesn't have to be something big. It can be something relatively small, like a specialty coffee or something a lot bigger, like a trip or a piece of artwork. So as you consider this idea of balance, see if you can notice an area of your life that feels a little out of whack and then engage the bow, whatever that means to you. So seats three through six are the powerhouse of the boat, the positions that give the boat strength and speed. And we all need strength in our lives, right? We need energy to help propel us forward. And by forward, I mean in the direction of our dreams. And there are a lot of ways to think about strength. We can think about it as something that's needed more at certain times than others like when tragedy strikes and you know our reserves are low and we need some extra strength or when we're really pushing to accomplish a certain goal. We can think about strength as a constant part of any working system where energy is required to carry out a plan. And that plan might require, there's lots of different kinds of strength that might require mental strength, physical strength, financial strength, who knows? 
And sometimes we can provide that strength for ourselves and sometimes we need to borrow it from others. And sometimes within our own like family systems or work life systems, we are the powerhouse. We provide that strength and energy. We're the part of the system that churns out productivity, the worker bees who take direction from the queen, you know, and turn her vision into reality. So just consider what this this section of the boat, the meat wagon, if you will, means for your life right now. Who or what is providing the power and in what direction is it taking you? Okay, so seat seven and the stroke seat, the stern pair, this is the pair that sets the pace or the rhythm for the entire boat. They're technically strong and detail-oriented and they are the leaders of the rowing team. Who is the leader of your team? Is it you? I hope so. When you're leading, when you're actively guiding the course of your life, what does that look like? Do you work in concert with the sections of your boat that provide strength and balance? Or are you going it alone and not taking strength and balance into consideration? How do you determine the best pace or rhythm? You know, like what factors do you take into consideration? I know from listening to my son that there are times when the boat goes out too fast, like they're going too fast and too hard right from the beginning of the race and they run out of gas before the end of the race. So as a leader, are you careful to conserve energy when it's needed? Are you able to up the pace when that's what's called for? And finally, there's the coxswain. And the job of the cox is multifaceted. And the relationship between the cox and the rowers always reminds me a little bit of the relationship between a jockey and their horse. And maybe it's because both the cox and the jockey tend to be smaller and lighter weight, but, but both of them, their job is to urge their charge whether it's a horse or the boat, on to victory. The cox is a cheerleader. They steer the boat. They execute the game plan. So in thinking about this metaphor, who or what fills this role in your life? Who is looking over your shoulder while you're paddling, 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 you know, who's looking over your shoulder, taking into account any obstacles that might be in your path and making sure that you continue to move towards your goal. For some folks, I know religion fills this role by providing guidance and encouragement and sort of an overall game plan from on high. For other folks, it might be a partner or a close group of friends or a mentor 
or for you Pinterest lovers out there, it could even be your own vision board. I talked with a student the other day, a sophomore in high school who is actively developing, you know, adding to contributing to this vision board for her life with pictures of what she wants her home and work and family to look like down the road. That girl is sitting in the stern of her own boat, cheering herself on and articulating a vision. I love it. When I was a sophomore in high school, the only racing I did was to hurry home in time to catch General Hospital and binge on Little Debbie Cakes. Bless this girl's heart. Any hoozle, the point is that all of these positions are important. Direction is important, strength, balance, pace, and they all need to work together if your boat's gonna win, right? And we're gonna set aside whatever winning means for you. That's a whole nother podcast. There are lots of different definitions of success and winning. But for me, after taking my own inventory in the process of preparing for this podcast, I think one area I may need to be a little bit more intentional about is like direction, goal setting, creating a game plan. I tend to just move along taking care of whatever's in front of me. Work, bills, housework, errands, all that kind of stuff without taking much time to really develop an overall vision for my life. That sounds like a great poolside activity for this summer, doesn't it? And and really that visionary part is a part of the boat I, I didn't really talk about in this podcast. There's a very important person who's not even in the boat, the coach, the person who develops the game plan. And that's what I'm going to work on a bit this summer, um, kind of <laughs> taking a step back, getting out of the boat and sort of thinking about what the game plan is going to be. And I encourage each of you to think about which part of your boat could use a little attention. If you don't want to wait till the summer, you can start right now and make this part of your annual sort of spring cleaning, you know, taking inventory of your boat. Okay, everyone, I'm going to let go of this metaphor now. It's been used. I can relax. I'll be back next week. I hope everyone has smooth sailing between now and then. See what I did there? Although crew boats don't actually have sails. So I'll just wish you all calm waters. Does that work between now and next week? Thank you so much for listening. 